hello there and welcome to another episode of the All of Life Show. I am your host, Stuart White, along with my lovely wife, Alicia White. And today we have a very special episode for you guys, as all episodes that we have are special. But this one, we have a guest. His name is Nathan Sutherland. Nathan has a ministry called Flint and Iron. And within that nonprofit, he has a ministry called Gospel Tech, which is to help teach families how to love God and use tech. And you may think gospel, tech, how do these two words mix together? Well, in this episode, you're going to find out. And when we talk about on this show how the gospel is for all of life, this is just another area of life where the gospel actually applies. And we were just so glad to get Nathan on the show. This interview is fantastic. And we felt like we could have gone on for hours and hours. And fortunately, we will have a follow-up episode because we decided to do his 30-day challenge, which is building a tech framework for our family and then applying it and kind of experimenting, seeing how it goes for 30 days. And then we're going to do a follow-up episode and report back on what worked for us, what didn't work, and maybe get some ideas on how we might be able to improve on some of these things and then get Nathan's feedback on all that. Yes, it is a great episode, so grab yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and dig into it with us now. Today we have a very special guest, Nathan Sutherland. He is the host of the Gospel Tech podcast uh, and also part of a ministry that he created called Flint and Iron. Nathan has uh, been ministering to uh, people and their families with how to handle tech from a gospel perspective. And when we first heard of him, I am, I immediately went, oh man, our hearts are in the same direction for uh, using the gospel and uh, interpreting our lives through that, that lens and seeing how should we then live. And uh, so I immediately uh, was drawn to your show. And then uh, your ministry and stuff, and now finding like that we have uh, gone through your course that you offer on uh, creating a family framework and understanding how we approach tech. But uh, tell us a little bit, a uh, little bit about yourself, and how did all this start? What's your what's your origin story? Yeah, um, well, thank you guys for having me today. Uh, I'm really excited about just talking with families about it. So a little bit about myself. My wife and I uh, have been high school and middle school teachers for the last decade. Uh, I taught middle school language arts. My wife taught high school AP English. And uh, we did that until we had our first kiddo. Uh, Owen is now seven. And so we Anna's moved to full time at home. And I was middle school teaching until we got to the spot where like, man, our heart is really to see young people reach their full potential. And sometimes language arts gets in the way of that. <laughs> and so Anna and I stepped out of the classroom and uh, started this nonprofit. And the idea was well, we're going to spark positive purpose in youth. And it went really well for about two years. And then I gave a talk at a high school in uh, Eastern Washington and walked away realizing actually there were five talks in one day. So it was just this marathon. We just booked them in tight. Uh, and I was driving home and I went, oh no, like, I just spent the entire day sharing the Old Testament with kids, right? Like it was a bunch of truth. It was a lot of like, here's what you need to do with your life. And here's how you know if you're making mistakes. And then it just stopped. And there was no like next step. Like I didn't give anyone hope. I just <laughs> shared a lot of truth bombs over the course of an hour and got paid well for it. And I was like, that can't be the rest of my life. Like I love middle school teaching. I love seeing young people like get those light bulbs and the process of knowing a kid for 180 straight days, right? Like 
you know them on their worst days and their best days and that relationship continues. I was like, I'm not leaving teaching to do what I just did on repeat, right? And so I went back to my board and I was like, hey, we need to, we need to pray through this. And they came back with, well, why isn't the gospel more central? And the answer was, because no one's going to pay for that. Uh, um, they're like, yeah, but that's not a reason to like live your life. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, two years ago, we started Gospel Tech, and it is a ministry of Flint and Iron. We still believe in the broad mission of sparking positive purpose in youth. But Gospel Tech really allows us to focus in this season on raising up families who can love God and use tech. Uh, I speak directly often to parents because I really believe in that Proverbs 22, 6, that parents are to raise their kids up in the way they should go and that I can help with that, right? I can use my passion for seeing kids reach their potential, knowing parents are going to help them get there. So that's what gospel tech is. There's obviously, as you know, our podcast. Um, and then this framework is an extension of that, of really, how do you, how do you equip parents with the tools and the confidence to do this in such an intimidating environment where we feel like, well, there's specialists for that, right? Like my kids are using tech. I don't know anything about, and, uh, we're trying to encourage parents like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Like the job isn't know everything about tech. The job is know your kid, love your kid well, and remind them daily of the gospel and that there's some really practical steps to do that. So that's how, that's what brings us here today. <laughs> that is awesome. I think in a day and age too, when it's super easy to just do like what everybody else is doing in the world or just to have the research or just to have the, the 10 steps and like to hear that the Lord really revealed to you, Hey, the gospel needs to be the center of this. We, we got to go back to the drawing board and figure out how are we actually empowering people to do this change yeah. and not just giving them the list of rules so they know what a failure they are. Um, yeah, right. that, that's pretty amazing. So, so what is your own story in getting, uh, just your own experience with tech? How did you, how did you start with all this? Yeah. So that, this is a huge part of it. Um, I think if you go back to my my youngest days, right? I was probably seven when my dad brought home an original Nintendo, right? Just mind blowing Mario Brothers. Uh, and video games were a big part of my life. My parents had lots of good rules, uh, but something in my brain clicked when I played video games. And for me, that was my go to. Uh, and that continued into adulthood to the point where I was an adult with a master's degree and my amazing wife and a career job. And I was coaching, I was investing in all these ways, but I was really getting through that stuff to get back for me. It was to gaming. Uh, and that led me on a journey. It, my gaming ended nine years ago when, uh, I, I'll walk you through the story. So I literally was gaming one night. Uh, it was 2am. I did not follow my rules that I'd set for myself. And I was, I prayed a prayer before going to bed. I said, Lord, I don't want this to get out of hand. Like I want to still be a good husband. I want to still love, you know, my wife. Well, I want to serve these kids. Well, um, we didn't have any kids of our own yet. I was like, I just, I, I want this Lord to be something that, you know, you help me kind of manage through because I don't want this to get out of place. And I went to bed. It was two in the morning. I woke up at six. I went to church. And that day, the pastor very rarely did this, but he, he jumped the tracks instead of teaching through the book he was teaching. He, uh, went to a, a conversation on addiction. Um, and in the process, he had this one great line where he said, if you're asking the Lord to help you manage your sin, you're praying the wrong prayer. God doesn't manage sin. He kills it. And it was one of those times you're like, yeah, that's uncomfortably close <laughs> to home. Uh, and I really was just, I was given a choice where the Lord's like, listen, I love you. Like, this is for your good. You need to give up video games. Like for you, games are too far. And I was like, yeah, but that seems unfair. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. But what ended up happening was I gave up games and I did not like it. I hated it. Uh, so just for anyone who's listening, who's like, boo, giving up games is lame. Uh, I understand that. I'm still not super happy about it, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I had a conversation 
conversation while digging a hole in my backyard about three weeks later with God. And it was very morbid, right? Like you're digging a hole, bored out of your mind going, Lord, my day is now wake up, go to work, come home, do more work, rinse and repeat, right? Like that's, that's the rest of my life. Like that was the one outlet I had that was really my thing. And again, I just got asked this question, like, do you love me? And I was like, that's not a fair question. Like I, there's like, I, yes, I love you. Like, well, then do you trust me? I'm like, I guess I don't uh, like, otherwise I wouldn't be complaining. Right. Like I will trust you though. And so I was challenged to go invest in what I love, which is helping kids. I started volunteering with young life. I realized what I, I don't care about English as much as I care about young people. And that was a direct correlation to realizing, well, we can't just teach forever. Like we need to do something else. Anna and I started the nonprofit and well, this is why we're on this podcast right now as a direct, direct result of the Lord going, Hey, you need to trust me with this area of tech. And so as that then brings me to talking to parents, not everyone's thing is gaming. There's a bunch of healthy gamers out there. In fact, there's 250 million gamers in the U.S. That's two out of three people, including moms playing Candy Crush at soccer practice. Uh, right? Like, so it's not just people playing these really intense games, but probably four or five percent of them have an issue. Okay, which is still a lot of people. So for some of us, that's games. For some of us, uh, it just falls in the general category of what I call drool tech, tech we use to consume. That's mostly social media, video games, streaming services of some variety, watching our shows, movies, whatever that is, and music, right? That's the, that's the technology we consume versus when we create it, that would be tool tech would be the other side. And so that's that part of my heart really began the conversation of how do we differentiate between the types of tech and how do we put that in a gospel conversation? We're going, we're not scared of this technology, right? We don't need to just avoid it and hide in a hole, but we don't want to bring on anything that's going to distract us from who God's asked us to be. And for me, it was very clearly video games to the point where I'd go ask my friends and they'd be like, yeah, every, every gamer experience is what you're having. I'm like, that's not okay, guys. Like I love playing video games and I hate myself afterwards. Like this really clear, heavy hearted conviction that like I'm in the wrong spot right now and I can't let this become more of what it's doing. And my buddy's just having no clue. My wife, not like, she wasn't being like, you need to quit this. Like, this is a problem. Um, and so that's really what I'm trying to bring to people is like, let's listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying. Let's listen to that for our kids. We're not just dropping condemnation on them, but let's bring the hope of the gospel. And there will be some times where they will recognize for themselves, like I need to step away or my parents love me. This isn't about controlling me. This is about holding me accountable to God, whom they're ultimately accountable to anyway. So um, yeah, it really brings the, the law out of it and brings the law into focus for what it is, which is exposing God's goodness and our need for him. Which Nathan, is what we try to do. Your um your gospel tech curriculum that you have put together, um in in that you talk about something called a reset, and I would love for yes. you to to explain what a reset looks like and what that stands for. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Alicia. Um, I kept having parents come to me, especially now that we're in COVID, right? So I've got my kids working on laptops or on iPads that were mm-hmm. given by the school. Um, like, is this the new normal? Or is this unhealthy? Like, am I just an old person yelling, get off my lawn, right? And I just don't get it, which by the way, side note on this, this is important. In the first year of this, before gospel tech was a thing, I was just talking Flint and Iron. I was passionate about kids' potential. I had a sit down meeting with some leadership in the district that I taught in. And, uh, and originally there were two individuals I was gonna meet with. The day of the meeting, a, a, there was a switch. One of the individuals got replaced by his superior. 
And I quickly found out the superior did not appreciate me. Uh, he had heard about what I'm doing. He had an ax to grind and uh, it became readily apparent. It was a two and a half hour meeting. And I mean, I was sweating bullets like this dude was outright aggressive. And at one point he just said, listen, you're out of touch with reality. You're very 2007. You need to just come up to the fact that this is the modern age. Uh, I've later found out that this man calls himself a tech evangelist. And uh, he was like, you just, you just need to get with the times because what you're saying doesn't work in our modern world. And it was crushing because I was literally like two months into starting a nonprofit trying to talk to kids. And I was like, I'm just asking questions. Like I've seen tech in my own life. Like I've seen tech in kids' life. How do we have this? And I think for parents, they hear that a lot, right? Like if you have a problem with your kid with a smartphone, if you have a problem with your kid being on the internet, you're, you're not just out of touch. You're actually taking some of their human rights is one of the arguments you'll hear. These kids have rights and they deserve access to the internet unfettered by their parents. You can't have intellectual colonization. You need to back off your kid's life let them become their own person via the internet and you need to just join the times in the 21st century and it's a very compelling argument until you go yeah but there's got to be a way to know if we're healthy right like if the world health organization said gaming is now an issue for some developing brains four to five percent is their guess right but in the u.s we're talking that's millions of kids still so like there is a line where it's healthy how do we know like what are we looking at we can't just throw caution to the wind. And so Reset says, all right, let's look at these five areas based on the research I've done, my decade in the classroom, my personal experiences. These are the five areas it breaks down to. Does tech impede your relationships and responsibilities? Okay. Does it get in the way of what you've committed to as a Christian, right? We are to let our yes be yes and our no be no. So even if I committed to something and now it's not convenient because it gets in the way of my favorite drool tech time, that's unfortunate, but I follow through with it. So relationships, responsibilities, am I getting isolated? Am I dropping my friend group? Am I stopping whatever sport commitment, church commitment, community commitment that I was a part of? If not, that's great. I don't have an issue in that area. I can move on. If I do have an issue, I just simply mark that I note it. We're not going to do anything yet because the reset process is really the launch pad for the conversation, I guess. Uh, then you go to your enjoyment. Were there things I used to love doing that I no longer enjoy? Uh, and I'm not talking like I grew out of that, like I used to play with Legos, but now I use AutoCAD. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying like, my seven-year-old son uh, is wired in a particular way. My five-year-old son is wired differently. My two-year-old daughter differently again. Uh, they enjoy different things. Owen, the seven-year-old, loves making lists. He loves structures. If that changes, if Owen no longer loves structure and organization because of his use of, in this case, I'll just say drool tech because oftentimes uh, resets don't apply to tool tech. There's very, uh, anyway, we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but this idea that, I watch his personality shift, right? I watch who he is wired mm -hmm. to be changed because of an interaction. He started listening to this music. He started watching that show. He started this app. And there's a direct correlation with, man, for an hour or two every time he does this or for a day or two every time he does this, he changes, right? He gets more snippy. He gets more withdrawn. He gets, right, whatever. I'm not talking about, man, they went and did this thing and they became more alive. And I love it, right? Like they're more passionate. They're more engaged. They're that's a different conversation, right? This is talking those impeding, this is getting the way of who you've been wired to be. So that's the second is your enjoyment. Then it goes to your sleep. Anything that impedes your sleep is horrible. Uh, if you have a smartphone as an alarm clock, it probably is impeding your sleep. Uh, I'll just say this, there is zero research saying drool tech in the bedroom is a good thing. That screens, gaming devices, PCs, smartphones, you will not find a shred of research that says that's beneficial. You will find a lot of research that says, man, it increases the likelihood that 
someone's going to wake up in the middle of the night thinking of something and just make that one note or just check that one snap or right. Just go to that one site and they're just, but it ruins your sleep pattern. It now gets in the way of your memory and your emotional intelligence and your ability to recall and your right. Like your actual physical growth, like all those things are impacted by a lack of sleep. So we want to say, does our tech get in the way of sleep? Am I waking up earlier because of it? Am I waking up in the middle of the night because of it? Am I staying up later because of it? Um, and then you have your emotions, your high highs, low lows. Uh, <laughs> some people are like, well, of course, we all feel disappointed when our tech goes away, which I get. And we're not talking about that. Uh, so we're not saying like when I would play video games growing up on a Friday, that would be my game night because I finished my schoolwork. It's now the weekend. That was one of our family rules. I'm not just saying like, oh, hey, your oldest sister has a swim meet. You need to like drop those video games because nothing was portable in the early 90s. <laughs> you need to drop those video games and like come with us. Like I'd be disappointed, but that's different than like it, when I talk with families, like there are kids that have some knockdown drag out. There's a lot of all or never statements getting made. It feels very personal. The kid, yeah, the kid, you don't love me, right? You guys hate me. You don't understand this. Like it gets really personal and we just want to note that we want to, we want to pull on that thread in a little bit. So we're just going to say, Hey, like I'm noticing that your enjoyment seems tied to this, right? Your ability, your enjoyment, and then your emotions seem you're only good when the tech is good. And then when the tech is bad, you're really bad. Um, and yeah, and that was what I, the Holy spirit showed me that in my own life, right? Like I'm getting through marriage and work and service and all these other things to get back to effectively this high. I was self-medicating my way through life. And uh, so we just recognize that. And that the last time for the reset, the last one is time. And it's basically, can you be, uh, can you hold the time limit? We'll set a time limit first. Then can you hold to it? And then can you be content with the time limit? Uh, a nice little litmus test would be with social media. Can you be satisfied with 30 minutes a day? Mm -hmm. Can you be, can, is that enough for you? Because really at the end of the day, the research we've got is you start creeping in on two hours a day, your chances of depression go up 20 plus percent. Okay. By five hours a day, which some of us are doing, we're in the 60% range, more likely for depression and suicidal ideations. So why would we not be okay with 30 minutes? Are there really people that we have to connect with that it's taking us more time? And I'm not really talking, uh, Zoom calls or things like that, uh, because that falls in the category of tool tech. It mm -hmm. operates at the pace of real life. It's intentional. It's one-on-one. -on -one. You can't get overstimulated in a Zoom call. Uh, we're talking social media where there are feedback loops, notifications, uh, feeds that get refreshed infinitely, uh, and like buttons, things of that nature, where you're being artificially stimulated to engage more than you may have intended. And in that light, 30 minutes, most of us who are healthy would be like, yeah, that'd be fine. Like, I could do that. But then there's those of us who are like, no, absolutely, it's not. And if you dig into why, we'll notice that. So with time, can you keep it limited? Can you keep it intentional? Uh, so if, let's say 30 minutes a day. I didn't mean 30, 30 one-minute chunks throughout your day. <laughs> Smartphone watchers, I'm looking at you. Uh, right? To, to just get, well, it was, it was like 30 seconds. Like, yeah, but that's 30 seconds you broke eye contact in the middle of a conversation to check this thing repeatedly, right? 30 or 40 times in a day. So maybe it was only a half hour, but it was a lot more than a half hour that that impacted. So we're talking with time. Can we keep it in its proper place as Andy Crouch, the TechWise family would say, and can we keep it uh, within a place where we can be content and use it as a tool and not let it use us? So with a reset, then we can look at that and say, all right, like in my personal tech life, I was a four out of five. I had issues in four of those five areas. And that's, just a sobering thought that then we could begin. And what I love with as parents, we can then approach our kids and it's not, 
I'm mad at you or your tech is a problem, right? It's, hey, I love you. I'm going to fight for you. And I've noticed that in these areas, right? And especially with older kids, you have the conversation with them. Do you feel like it impedes your, and if they say no, you now have something concrete to go, well, I was thinking of, remember last week, right? That seemed to impede that. What, what do you say there? It's very possible that kid is going through a breakup or they're right chemically imbalanced or they're not eating enough or like something else is going on and this is just symptomatic. Cool. Then you've got that figured out. You can go help them in that area. It's also problem. It's also possible that the tech is the problem and that now we get to work out of that. And we get to figure out our alternative. So reset is a nice way for families to kind of fight for their families, not just with them when it comes to tech. That's an amazing explanation. Thank you for that. Um, what would you say right now to, you, in the beginning, you had alluded to like COVID and homeschooling or distance learning, yeah. like what we're going through right now. And I know on a personal level, something that I could just use some advice on, and I'm guessing a lot of moms right now could, but we are doing, we're homeschooling right now through a charter school, a virtual charter school. And, um, and they did send out tablets for the kiddos. And so we've got a 17 year old foster daughter. So she's working on her GED. She's got a tablet. Then we've got a 10 year old who's got a tablet. She's in fifth grade. And then we have a first grader who's got a tablet. And then we have our four year old who's constantly asking for a tablet. And what I'm noticing right now is um, the tool tech that we're using, which is for school, and there are some amazing programs that I love that they're using for school, programs that could, that honestly are just doing a better job than I could do right now. Yeah. But we have a... Um, I don't even want to say it's one kiddo in particular, but that's being nice because mostly it is one kid in, in particular, but all of them <laughs> at some fair, point, yeah, they're, yeah. they're taking their tool tech time and they're waiting for mommy to get distracted, helping one of the other kids with school and they're sneaking off to their rooms, which is, we do have that rule in our house, like no, no tech in the bedrooms. Um, yeah. So how would you come at that for this, uh, for, uh, on a heart level with this kiddo who is struggling with being a uh, real sneaky style? Like you said about the, you gave one example of a, of a, yeah. a high school student who is, you always expect, you hope like if you appeal to their heart and you, yeah. and you, you have this like, Hey, we want you to be honest. And like some kids, like when I was a kid, yeah. that was the thing like, Oh yeah, mom, I want to do that. Yeah, dad, I, I have a tender heart, but we have like, have one for sure that oh man she will lose it she's like I don't care like I'm gonna go find a way to sneak this and do it again and I would add to that is that she's very motivated by her tech time she doesn't get her yeah. drool tech time until um until after all of her schoolwork is done well if she has a consequence of the day before it's an automatic if you sneak tech then you steal your tech from the next day that's our rule in our house okay if yeah. that happens, then she will not do school the next day because she says, what's the point? I don't get my tech time. And I'm like, I thought yeah. this was going to be like a motivating thing. A and now this is just legalist. coming back to bite me. Yes. So yeah, give us some advice, please. <laughs> Man, that is, so what you guys are going through is absolutely like that's at the heart of all of our parenting, right? Of like, how do we deal with these yeah, these little sinners that uh, are going to use whatever they can. And in this case, it just happens to be tech. Um, that is huge. So I think, man, there's a couple conversations couched in there. Let's start with just the tech you didn't choose to give to your kids, right? Because that's, I think, first and foremost, on a lot of homeschooling families' minds. Uh, I know in our area, the schools haven't even been open. So it has been 
school delivered devices, uh, one-to-one devices of some variety, be that a tablet or a Chromebook or a, or a laptop. And what we've all figured out pretty quickly is there is no educational portal right now. That doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, Google, Apple, none of these companies are making devices that are just educational, meaning they have word processing, they have access to some kind of group source conversational platform, and then they have access to some kind of research platform. Because let's be serious, should we really be Googling our research people? <laughs> there are people who would cite, argue yes. Cite your but, sources, Google, Google, Yeah, Google. like <laughs> let's get some PubMed or JSTOR, like let's get an actual resource database in there so these kids can learn how to research off some form of credit, like especially in an era of fake news, like we could use this resource for our kids and make this teachable moment. So that's the first thing we're running into. So really what you need is product shift. You need a lot of pressure from us as purchasing people to say, hey, companies, trillion dollar, those three companies are worth a trillion dollars a piece. We need educational devices. The future is going to demand it. And we don't want, like in my case, I taught eighth grade language arts. So we would, my kids would be studying like Jack London's to build a fire, right? Well, you got to go on a shared drive and click through to find Jack London's to build a fire. A story about a guy freezing to get death in the Yukon. Spoiler alert, right? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sorry to ruin that for you guys. But then right next to it is Minecraft because these were Microsoft devices. Now, would an eighth grade boy really have, and for most part, it was eighth grade boys. I know girls like Minecraft, but in my case, this was eighth grade boys who really struggled with this. <clears throat> I'm going to click through PDF, read Jack London's to build a fire, or I can make one click and be in Minecraft. And I have a picture. I don't know where it is, but I have it. <coughs> Excuse me. Of a classroom, 26 kids out of 34, right? Not on the PDF of Jack London's to build a fire. <laughs> <laughs> right? And like, a lot of those screens are Minecraft. And so we do have this like, well, how do I use the same portal that my kid is using to get to work and to focus and to building into tools? And then it's also to music and to social media and to, yes, schools have network filters and such, but your average smart kid can get through that pretty quick. So then the next question is, all right, what do we do? You guys did an awesome job, right? Keep your tech public. So that's our first step is like, all right, it's going to be public. We're going to make sure that we're all using this space. And then we collect the, these, the, the school devices. I'm not a big fan of allowing those to become personal devices, mm-hmm. uh, just because kind of like in my life, I have a personal computer. So when we watch Netflix, like I, I watch that on a different computer. It's my work computer, right? And I do work stuff here and then I close it and I leave it here and I walk away. Um, and I think that's important to teach our kids of like, hey, let's try to keep our play play and to allow family devices to do that. In fact, I encourage families to keep them family devices and not really make them personal, at least under the age of 16 of, hey, like this is our device. You can use it, right? But at, even with gaming devices and stuff like this is mommy and daddy's Switch. This is mommy and daddy's Xbox. Like that, this is our device. We're going to let you play it. Uh, and then if something happens, like mommy and daddy are going to take their device for now because we love you and that's not working. I think as soon as you step into the world of blatant, flagrant disobedience, um, it doesn't become a tech issue anymore. At this point, right, this is a hard issue and we're going to do whatever we got to do uh, to get the attention in the uh, heart of this young person. And I think... It is hard when it's a school driven device, right? Schools don't have like our district when a kid circumvents uh, the network and and it shows up on the accountability devices they've got on the district. District can't do anything about that, right? You can't pull that device because then the kid can't go to school and that's illegal. There is no analog alternative. And so I think for families who are dealing with this, I would encourage you to look into what analog alternatives do you have, right? Like what do they have to do on this device? And then where is there that 
leeway of, hey, like we're just gonna start doing paper math now. Like, sorry, like I know you like that program, I know you like that teacher, but like we can get the same things done through a paper version. You may not like it, but like that's, this is because we love you. We're not mad at you. We're not punishing you. Taking away unhealthy technology is not punishment, right? Like it's punishment to give that kid technology that's blowing up their life and blowing them up emotionally. Mm. And so there is a time when that child needs more of a full reboot. I would, I don't know anything else about your daughter's life other than what you just said, but I would say there's probably something other than school that's causing the deep dive, right? There's probably a social media app or a show or a game. Like there's something else that they're accessing. And then that is the thing that needs to get, that's the Matthew 5, 29 and 30, right? Like if it's causing you to sin, and by the way, blatantly disobedient, disobeying your parents is sin. Mm -hmm. So we would start there. And then we would go to the, and like, there's something unhealthy going on in your heart, right? Like, why can you not step away from this? And so I would start with that conversation of asking, like, we are honestly concerned, like this level of disrespect doesn't sound like it's typical of this individual. Mm -hmm. uh, sounds like it's instigated by tech. Tech is then the means to go about the disobedience and it's both the cause and the reward, I guess. Um, so I would, I would have that conversation to figure out like, is it the friend group? Is it the music? Is it the isolation? Is it an outside thing that they're like, no, I need this escape because I'm so stressed out about this other thing that's totally unrelated. Um, I'll, I'll share a story on this. I had a young man in, in school who had a really stressful life. Uh, he was an eighth grade language arts student and uh, he was living with his grandparents. His life was rough. Um, at one point, his dad moved in off the streets into the garage mm. um, and then moved out again because of his choices. And so like this kid was under a lot of stress. Uh, grandparents came and they asked all six teachers to meet. They're like, hey, he's not improving. We've taken his, uh, we've taken his, let's see, his PlayStation, his Xbox, his PC. We took his TV out of his room uh, and he is still not improving his grades. It's been two weeks and he comes home, he goes to his room, he comes out, he eats dinner, he goes back to his room, he goes to bed. I'm like, that's interesting because I got this boy in third period and he's passed out on the desk, right? Like this kid is not he's not well rested. So, and he's turned in zero extra work. Uh, yeah, I was like, Hey Steven, uh, let me see your phone. And so he pulled, out. I was like, would you lock into that for me? So he put, enters his code and sure enough, he has, uh, just folder after folder of gaming apps on his phone. Mm. And I was like, Steven, how many games do you think you have on this? He's like, I don't know, probably 500. And for, right. For Steven though, Taking his phone would not have fixed that. Like this is a right. kid who's dealing with some toxic stress. So yeah, the games are the problem and we do need to remove those, but he would have gone to drugs or sex or anything, right? Self-harm. Like this kid is on the brink. Um, like he is 14. He's gaming probably 14 hours a day uh, and he's not doing well. So while we recognize the tech is a problem for him, we also recognize like, no, like there's some social emotional issues. We got him to a counselor, right? We got him professional help. And that began the journey to some of his healing now, right? He did, by the way, graduate. Way to go, Steven. Uh, shout out. So like <laughs> he, he was able to pull the academics together, but this is still something he's processing. So if your child in this case or anyone listening to this, if your child is showing some of this like self-destructive tech behavior, keep in mind it may not be just the tech. Like there could be something else. And so approach it with that in mind. It also could be in my case of my life. No, like tech is the problem. Like in my case, I have this really unhealthy infatuation with tech. Infatuation, infatuation with tech. There we go. Infatuation with tech. And, uh, and that is what needs to go. And I need to gouge it out, cut it off and trust the Lord and replace that with something that is going to be equally uh, something I'm interested and passionate about, even if it's not as 
stimulating and immediately engaging because that's the last thing I'll say about this is depending on what type of tech is being used. The, the opportunity for overstimulation is a thing uh, that usually happens because of those feedback loops or just surely the amount of dopamine you can get. Mm-hmm. And what actually happens is you get so overstimulated uh, that your brain trying to survive goes, man, this is way too much dopamine. I'm going to basically just shut down how much I can receive so that now real life, if it used to be 40% as exciting as video games or social media or whatever it was, is now 30% or 20% because you're the normal amount of hit that your life gives you doesn't feel as exciting so that these kids believe, man, I need this. Like I've had kids uh, I've taken to camp like cry on the bus because they realized their phone wasn't going to work for five days. Right. And there's that idea of my phone is going away, like that isolation they feel, the letdown they feel, the fact they know that hit isn't available. But I will say by the end of a week, all of those kids said, one of their favorite things about camp was they didn't have access to their phone, mm. right? And and that is a thing. So I would just end on this. Uh, if it is an overstimulation situation uh, and it's not another emotional situation, it's not another life thing going on, um, there is real need for a full detox. Uh, it usually takes about 30 days. Uh, and in that case, you literally like, we're going to go 30 days without this thing. We're going to go 30 days with only using this for tool tech. Uh, and the best way to do that is you need now another set of parameters. This isn't about controlling our kids. I need to say this loud and clear. This isn't about controlling your kid. It's not about making them good. It's not about fixing them. As soon as we see our kids as a problem that we have to fix, we no longer are believing the gospel because the gospel says very clearly there are people made in the image of a loving God, that they are loved by that God so much that God sent his only son. Jesus isn't buddy Jesus. He's trying to talk bad cop the father into loving us. God loves us and he's already paid for that while we were still sinners. Ephesians uh, 2 tells us, right? Ephesians 2, 5, but God, while we were still in our sin, sent his son in our place. And so we want to recognize that about our kids and then intervene and be like, hey, we love you. And this is too much. So we're going to set up something like maybe the circle would be an example where it goes on your Wi-Fi. Most of these school devices do not have cell service. So this is kind of the one saving grace. And you can actually determine times of use, so, hey, we've got school time from blank to blank. It's shutting off the Wi-Fi. You do not have access to it after that. If your kid has a smartphone, they still have a hotspot. Be aware of that. That circumvent circle. Uh, more reasons to not give your kid a smartphone. Conversation maybe for another day. But uh, sorry, I'm just dropping hot takes here in the middle of a different conversation. But the idea here being the circle will help. Uh, you can you can set times, you can block particular websites. So like, hey, we know that TikTok is an issue right now. We're blocking TikTok. You cannot access TikTok now through our, again, not for the, man, we're dropping the hammer and we feel so powerful. And that really showed you, don't you ever talk back to me. Uh, this is more of a like, we, we've we recognized, we've taken a reset. We know where the problem is now. We've had these discussions. You understand the family framework where these are our expectations in terms of content and time and heart issues. And therefore, we're, we're taking the step. We're going to take four weeks away. And after four weeks, we're going to allow this one thing, like it's just like a, like a food allergy, right? Like we're going to figure out what's the thing that tips you over, right? Like what's the thing that's just a little too far. So for in my life, that was video games. I can't do a little video games. It's not a thing. I can play one hour video game a week. I will think about it 40 hours a week. I'm thinking about it every waking moment when I'm not playing a video game. So for me, video games aren't like a kind of thing. I don't play it a little. I don't play chess with friends. I don't do any of that. Like I can't even kind of get cute with it because my brain can't handle it. But for me, shows are not an issue. I get bored. 
during a 20 minute show. Right. And, and so I have to recognize that like shows are fine for me. Music, not an issue. Video games way too far. Social media is a burden, right? Like the Lord has had to work on my heart so that I will do social media for my job. Um, and so to have that conversation with your daughter of where's the problem actually stemming from, right? What, what part of the gospel do we need to be thinking about here? Um, is this a safety issue or is this a just heart condition? And then you can take direct action to cut off and gouge out and make sure that that is done in the context of replacing it. And I understand the hardship of being given a device that isn't your family's device that you don't want and the limited number of alternatives we have in the season. Um, so again, not knowing exactly what's happening when they go away and what's happening in that room, uh, that, that's what I would say to, to you and to the families that are listening. Something we really appreciate about your approach is, and you, you alluded to it earlier, but the idea that we aren't just taking some sort of legalistic approach to it. Like, hey, I'm going to take that away. I'm going to crush you. Um, and because what, what we default to as parents is the law often, even if it's the law of I'm going to crush you or the law of I'm going to ground you or something. But right. you're right. It doesn't actually change the heart. Uh, and at best, you, you end up with a kid who ends up obeying the law very well and thinking that they're very good. Or you end up yeah. with a kid who is so crushed and destroyed by it that they just rebel and they're like well what's the point like I, like we alluded to earlier with our daughter yeah. you know she's like well why would I do any school today you know I don't get any reward for this so it's like oh touche a point for you you just figured out the loophole <laughs> in all this um so right. we we appreciate that it's the gospel approach to that so you kind of uh, spoke a little bit earlier about the remove replace uh, feature, how, what would be an example of something that we could remove and replace with that would be healthier? Well, I guess at that point we need more information, right? Uh, so I guess with this particular child, when they take their work device, their school provided device, and they go to another room because you're distracted, what are they engaging in that they can't seem to break away from? Uh, I would say probably either, um, Roblox or okay. it's gaming. It's either Roblox or Minecraft. Yeah. Um, and we've given her parameters in those, but the, and I already think, I mean, one thing that I would like to say is one thing we haven't done is it's downloaded onto her school iPad. And we, when yeah. he was saying like, we need to separate like family devices and kid devices, like she needs to have only school yeah, apps yeah. on there. But I think that was yeah. a laziness thing on our part was that either she downloaded or something happened. It, they got on there and then it was just like, this is a reprieve if that's the right word for me, like I, mm -hmm. like I understand that I'm not being consistent as a parent right now, but sometimes I chose that because it was honestly easier to, even though I knew she was being sneaky to not deal with it. Cause I was so overwhelmed with having to school the other kids and, and parent yeah. them and this crazy life change that we've been through this last year. Something I will add is even just this weekend of going through some of this stuff with our kids, even our seven-year-old, that one in particular, she started using the terms tool tech she and drool tech. She did, on her like own. She grasped the <laughs> yes concept. So yeah, yeah. Good job with that. Yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. No, I, I guess, so first, recognizing the tool tech and drool tech, that idea, um, that is a major hope of mine and of Anna's, uh, my wife, who's been key and instrumental. She couldn't be here for this because she's taking care of our three kids. Um, childcare in this area has been bonkers as everyone's at home yes, and sure. eating up all the childcare we can get. So uh, she's been instrumental in this and, and that tool tech and drool tech is that piece of like, 
we can now, we can clarify the conversation. We're not just scared of your technology. We're not mad at you, uh, but we see these unhealthy things and, and helping those, the words matter, I guess, is what I'm trying to say on mm. that. And the second thing I want to take an aside to say is, uh, parents, and for you guys, this is a hard season. Like the reason drool tech creeps into these nooks and crannies of our lives is it's easy and it works, right? Like sometimes I need to take a shower and I have three humans <laughs> and putting them in front of a show works. Like I know for a fact, when I come back in 20 minutes, they're going to be there yeah. and I will be clean and a little bit more sane, right? Like that's, it's a reality thing. So especially with young children and with infants, like that is a reality sort. I'm not saying never go to these places, never use drool tech. Uh, and yet it's also the reason for a reset. It's the reason for a family tech framework. Cause it's not like, well, we got it under, sometimes we think of these conversations like a vaccination, like, well, I, we had this conversation one time, so we're fine now. Yeah. Like, no, that's not a thing. Like a new app came out, your kid got older, they got a new friend group, they found a new, right? Like they're going to discover and explore and make mistakes. And, uh, whether that's a conversation about content online or just about how we go about it, and what times we're using it, we do need to have that be an ongoing conversation. And again, that concept of the frameworks like a gym that we work out in, mm -hmm. that we, we have it be a place where we can fight for our family rather than just have every talk conversation we have is a knockdown drag out brawl and it ends with hurt feelings and people sweating, right? Like we, we don't want that to be the only time we talk about tech is when it's gotten so bad that we panic on people. So I think in that, in that mindset, uh, that is awesome that you're doing that. We do want to recognize that there is reality. So families don't should on yourselves. Like I should be doing this other thing and I should go over here and I should be fixing my kid because then they'd be better. Um, let's recognize that second Corinthians five 17, we're new creations in Christ. And that's what we're living out of, right? If your child is not a believer, this conversation shifts. Ooh, wow. Conversation yeah. shifts, this. right? You're now doing missional parenting. Okay. You're loving that kid as Christ loves you and gave his life up for you, right? Like you're going to extend love, selfless love to that kid, which involves not just warm, fuzzy feelings, but sometimes this concept of, I love you so much. I cannot allow you to self-destruct on my watch, right? We're going to remove this thing. I know you love that. And I'm going to give you something else that you will equally love or that at least allows you that opportunity, but I can't make you love it. And I can't make you okay with this, but I need to let you know, like, this is why we're taking this step. And so I think there is that idea, like your kids do need to at some point, like recognize their need for a savior mm -hmm. or at least their desire to know one. Right. And it is a very real thing that I would argue as young as seven and eight, like you can get outright rebellion. And I think nipping that in the bud uh, is really important, right? As that starts to bloom, you go, hey, listen, we love you. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going to take away the means you have for doing this. And when it comes to, this is really specific. Yeah, take it off of the work device. Um, again, as an adult, this is something I have to do where I can't have it there. And I think as other adults may recognize, like it is really distracting to have to do work on our phone or for me, do work on social media and then realize 15 minutes later, like, what was I even on here mm -hmm. for? Like, I came on to DM someone about work and I've been scrolling and I'm stuck in a rabbit hole somewhere. Right. Um, so I think recognizing that and even maybe acknowledging that in a conversation with your daughter of like, we love you. And here's what we're seeing. Here's where that's in our life. And here's what we're modeling. Right. Proverbs 22, six, raise your children up in the way they should go. It does not mean have good enough rules and you'll save your child. Right. It means like live out this faith journey in front of your kid. Talk about it in front of them. Do your quiet times with them or, or some version like find a way that's natural.
There's, there's, I'm not going to tell you to like make a magical Bible study with your kid and it'll all be fixed, but live that out with your kid. And that means sharing your need, right? Your testimony, God's story in your life, share your need. Where, where do you need God in your tech life? And what does that look like? And how are then you applying that to their life? And so I think removing that's, yeah, that's going to be key. If it's really that bad, and as soon as it's blatant disrespect of parents and shutting down in something that's so positive as school and education in the future, um, that sounds like a pretty important, like, we're going to need to remove this game for a month, uh, especially if it's those two. I will say this. It hasn't been posted yet, but there's a game review I just finished for Minecraft. Uh, Minecraft is really sneaky uh, when it comes to tech health. It is not Legos. Um, it's Legos if Legos were built to be addictive. Uh, there's a reason that Microsoft paid multiple billions of dollars for rights to that game. Uh, anyone could make a Lego simulator. That is not that game. Yeah. Uh, that game does have miniature accomplishable quests. It has dopamine built in. It has a lot of gamification. Not in the cool way. There's lots of really good gamification because it's all about asking questions and finding answers. This is kind of game-driven gamification where you're being told you need things you never wanted. And uh, Roblox and, and Minecraft are kind of cut from the same cloth in that way. So that might get to a point. My personal advice, if you're asking personal, would be uh, I would reset that clock on here's what we're going to do. You basically get three strikes. Um, we're going to allow this game to exist on a family computer. We're removing it from your, your work computer. And we will allow you to to show yourself as healthful in this area. Maybe you just needed one more fence to kind of decouple this device and this time from your, your gaming uh, and then basically set your time limit. Be like, all right, for the first time you mess up, you're going to lose the next day, right? The next time you mess up, you're going to whatever, lose it for a week. And if you, if you can't keep your hands off it, like this thing's going away for a month, simply because your action is proving that you can't have it around. Like we're just going to have to keep bumping out the fences until we find what does it take to get you to be helpful. And it does take energy. And that's the hard part, right? Yeah. It takes initiative. Like you as a family are going to have to deal with what's probably going to happen, which is a emotional atomic freakout The first time that occurs, um, my guess would be a couple days into that school will probably come back, right? Like you might lose a day or two of, of school focus. The odds of that lasting all month, that probably wasn't a game thing then, right? Now we're dealing with something else. Mm -hmm. Like what else is going on here that like after a week or two, the, the dopamine levels kind of come back. Yeah. So if we're still dealing with that oppositional defiance, like, all right, like let's dig into this. Like we just found something new. Like it was being masked by games and we were blaming it on digital technology, but this is something else. Like this is a you thing and we love you. So we're going to deal with this too. And again, it's not, we're going to fix you. It's, we love you. And we see this as, this is self-destructive well outside the bounds of Roblox and Minecraft. Like let's find out where this is coming from. So did, did that yeah. make sense? Well, I, I, okay. I think another, something I was processing while you were talking is just the way that all humans, when there is an emotional need or that's not being met, um, that is very easily, uh, transferred into a spiritual need that, well, it is every time it's a spiritual need, but there are practical ways that we can help our kids. Um, like yeah. you're talking about, and then there are gospel ways that we can help our kids. So we talk often about taking, uh, taking a God thing and make, or taking a good thing and making it a God thing or worshiping right. the creation, not the creator. And, um, so I think those are things that we can all be talking to about, um, talking with our children about, I think what I've noticed with her, and I'm guessing this is going on with a lot of kids is, um, 
a lot of the social driven apps are really helping kids feel connected. And I know one thing that our daughter loves to do is FaceTime one of her friends so that they can play the game together. And so as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking, I I feel like the emotional need that she's probably not getting filled is that she needs connection. She needs more play dates. She needs friends. She's home all the time with her, with her family, with her siblings. Um, when she was going to school before with 20 other students. So I think on a practical level, we can, we can help fill in those gaps with other out of the house activities and other connections with, um, kids her age. I think that would probably be a great way to do the replacement that you were talking about after the removal. Um, and then, and then just having those conversations with her about what are you choosing to worship right now? You know, um, if we have a problem with donuts, (laughs) then we don't leave a plate full of donuts on the table. And, um, and so we're not gonna, that's, that's going to be how we're going to remove it. And then we're going to replace it with whatever that emotional need is that isn't being met. I think the thing too yeah. is the challenge for Christian parents, especially, is we don't we we tend to just fall into the line of what everybody else thinks, the way the world thinks, and not recognizing oh the gospel actually informs this part of my life too. I have to see that uh, the way that people behave toward anything, we will make an idol out of anything. You know, the human heart is a little idol factory, and so seeing that hey, if uh, if I give this to my child and then assume that sin doesn't exist, that their heart is right. not inclined to worship something other than God, I'm going to, you know, act surprised when, oh, what do you know? They're addicted. Like, I love your reference to Minecraft. It's like, it's like, it's not like Legos at all. It's, yeah, it's like Legos if it came with a bag of cocaine, maybe. But, you know, this is, this is not, this is not what you think it is. Um, and there are a lot of people that are starting to wake up to this stuff. Um, you, you see, uh, it, it's on Netflix, the social dilemma, you find information yeah. out there that is, yeah. people are recognizing it and yet it's falling a little <laughs> short. You know, they're, they're blaming it on, well, if we could just be more responsible, uh, if we could just be more, uh, direct in, in our intentions, if we had more disclosures, if we had more things saying, right. Hey, use of we this product should... may be bad for your health. Like then people will right. quit. It's like, that didn't work with cigarettes. It's not going to work with this because they, yeah. they, they have a fundamental flaw in their, uh, their anthropology, you know, understanding like the human heart is going to find something to worship because there's something that humans cannot fix. Technology will not uh, make it go away. More and more of it is not going to go away. We will just find a way to turn that thing into yet another idol. So I love that your approach is that gospel tech idea, that it starts with the gospel. Um, It's fortunate last week we actually did an episode of this show uh, called "What Is the Gospel?" So if hey. you're, you know, if people are listening now and you didn't hear that episode, go back and listen. But you have resources. But what is your main resource that is available uh, in order to uh, present that to people if they are trying to go? Hey, how can I? How can I just take some steps to grow in this area? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. I, I want to, I'll, I will address that in one moment. Yeah. I wanted to step real quick back. Cause you just talked about that analog adventure. And I realized we talked about a lot of the logistics and sure. didn't like really dig into that. So when we talk analog adventure, we're talking usually non-digital, um, or at least tool tech, uh, replacements for whatever the drool tech would be, right. That we've recognized that this particular thing or area is too much for us. So we're going to replace it now in the case of maybe 30 days or whatever that would. And so, uh, Inside the the main resources are family tech framework. So right now it's it's coming off of uh, gospeltechworkshop.net 
or excuse me, it's .com. Uh, in the next week, gospeltech.net will be live. So I've been I've been balancing two websites in the in the same thing. Oh, hold on, my my son is in here. Hey, Owen, bring him on in. Say hi. Hey, Owen. Okay, <laughs> he said no. Here he is. I'll, I'll show you guys him. He's he's sitting down over here. Hi, buddy. Hey, he is. <laughs> Yeah, he snuck in the door. Um, But uh, this idea that analog adventure, so what the family tech framework does is it's really broken into two parts. The first part is educate us as parents. What do I need to know to have this conversation? That's where the tool and drool tech come through, right? And so we can do that with our kids. I often encourage parents to look at it themselves at least. Uh, There's a PDF that walks you through and then these little kind of four to six minute videos for the most part um, that kind of walk you through these seven lessons. And then the second part is how do we actually make a a custom family tech framework that fits for our family, right? With, With our understanding of the gospel, with our place in life, with the kids that we've got, how do we make a tech framework that's gonna work for us? And then that's where we actually walk out this conversation about basic ground rules. Like, all right, well this, we know what the gospel is, but how does that apply to our tech? That's step one. And then how do we work with the content and the time and the priority and the safety, right? Like how do we deal with all of that? Uh, The framework will walk you through that. There is a cost to it, but I would say uh, the cost doesn't actually go to me. It literally goes back to printing more books and to hosting the website that does this and, uh, and helping us make new content for that resource. So just know that we are, as a nonprofit, uh, that is our goal. Our goal is to get this out to as many people as we can. So there is a cost on that resource, but we made it as reasonable as possible uh, for families and actually your listeners for mm-hmm. the next month um, get that at at half the cost. So that'll be 25 bucks for um, this resource. So again, there's a handbook, it's a PDF, and then when people order it, I will mail them uh, the actual physical one. Eventually, it'll be self kind of fulfillment and all that, but that comes with shiny websites. And we're currently doing this the old, the old practical hands-on way. So, uh, yeah, so that would be the number one resource that I would encourage people to go check out. We really appreciate the discount that you're giving to giving to our listeners. We actually spent a considerable amount of time just to Sue and I and with the kids working through it. And I would encourage you guys listening for 25 bucks. This is something that I. I would highly, highly recommend that you get for your families to work through. There there are ideas after ideas and step after step to um, help apply this into uh, your actual family and take healthier or more steps to make your tech more tool tech related, um, healthier for your family. So yeah, I would definitely recommend going over there to the website. Yeah, and that link will be in our show notes, so you guys can uh, click that, and it'll take you right to where you need to go, and the discount will be factored in. And uh, we we really do encourage you, use that link, uh, use that resource, because we found it to be incredibly beneficial. You do a great job laying out the material, uh, presenting it in a way that it's bite-sized, that you can process each thing, uh, and and your resources are just, you know, really great in everything that you have there. Um, well, Nathan, oh, awesome. we appreciate you coming on the show. We appreciate that you have been able to take the time out of your day and just explain what your ministry is and how the gospel informs that area of life uh, in the use of technology. And uh, we are looking forward to meeting with you again because we ourselves are doing the 30-day challenge. We're going to see where things end up and check back in with you in approximately 30 days. And, uh, okay. and you can tell us how we're doing maybe, and we'll tell you how we're doing and, um, and just see what worked and, and maybe we can help our, our listeners too. And, and yours as well. Uh, think about the way that they pursue tech in their lives. 
I just want to make sure that our listeners know for sure all the places that they can find you and connect with you if they oh, want to yeah. get more information. So just give us all those places. All right. Well, you can reach out to us. We're on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Love God Use Tech. Uh, and we are on podcast, uh, the Gospel Tech Podcast streaming wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, but yeah, you can DM us directly or you can reach out to me through email, Nathan at gospeltech.net. Um, and again, the, our official website will eventually be up here in the next hopefully week or so. Uh, we've got, it's been a multi-month process, but gospeltech.net will be live too, where our articles, our podcasts and other resources that we're making will be all linked directly. So it won't be so disparate as it currently is. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And we really appreciate the time that Nathan has put in. So again, use the link, go check it out. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. God bless. Bye.